The latest concept for Saudi Arabia's $500 billion NEON project includes a sustainable, cutting-edge city called The Line. But what will daily life actually be like? You're listening to the Business Extra podcast coming from The National in Abu Dhabi. I'm Mustafa Al-Rawi, Assistant Editor-in-Chief. With me is Kelsey Warner, Future Editor. Hi, Mustafa. So, Kelsey, um, one of the big announcements of the year, it's only been three weeks into the year almost, well, not even, but still was pretty major, was Saudi Arabia's Crown Prince, Mohammed bin Salman, himself announcing this idea for a city called The Line, almost a collection of cities in a line, right. running 170 kilometers in Saudi Arabia's northwest, where, in, where the Neon Project is on the Red Sea, and it is a sustainable living city. It is one driven by technology, artificial intelligence. There will be no roads. There will be no cars. Public transport will be invisible almost. As they tell it. So interesting to me is the line was announced about 10 days ago, and it lingers as one of the top stories on our site. There's this natural resonance, I think, about the idea of Neom in this reimagined way of living. I think coming out of a year like 2020, we're all wondering, what would it be like to start over in a Greenfield project? And what would it look like? And what would it be offered to me? So uh, to understand that, I talked to the head of technology and digital at Neom, Joseph Bradley. Neom was announced back in 2017, and since then we've been getting a pitter-patter of announcements. A big one dropped fairly recently, plans for the line. Some of these plans involve a lot of technology that really doesn't exist yet at a city-wide level. We're talking about autonomous public transport, zero carbon emissions. Things like, as I said, just not seen on this earth at a city-wide level just yet. So Joseph, Prior to you starting work at Neom, you were at Cisco, where you helped coin the term Internet of Everything. This idea seems to feed into Neom's plans to build what it calls a cognitive environment. Okay, tell me, what is a cognitive environment? Yeah, so when you think about uh, a cognitive environment, I think it's important to understand kind of where we are today. So today we use the word like smart cities. And when you think about what that really means, you're describing a city that is very reactive. Think about what happened with COVID, right? It's not predictive, it's reacting to what's occurring. And when you think about where you might have a lot of sensors in this environment producing data, we only use less than 1% of that data to make decisions. So when you move from a smart city to one that kind of redefines the art of the possible to Neom, which is in the line, which is a cognitive city, you're talking about going from something that is reactive to something that is proactive. So it's looking into the future, it's proactive, it's autonomous, meaning that not only can I tell you what's going to happen, but I can take action. And then lastly, we talked about it's centered around people or it's personalized, meaning that it puts you uh, as a human, as a person in the center of that design. So that's really what we say a cognitive city or a cognitive environment, that's what we mean. You're charged with helping build something that doesn't exist yet. There will be nothing like Neom and there is nothing like Neom now. Do you actually agree with that statement? So is there a place like Neom today? No, there isn't a place like Neom today, um, without without a doubt. Um, it is 
not a, a place you can find point solutions in the world today, meaning you can find examples of one part or one part here, one part there, but there's not a place that bring those that brings that all together uh, without a doubt. There was no place uh, from up in, in the world that is built around livability and putting and, and redefining conservation and putting the human in the, in the center of it, um, like the design of the line. That is definitely unique. And then you said, will there ever be another, I believe the third one was, is there another place or will there be another place like Neom in the future? I think that's, I, I would have to agree with that. And the reason I'd say that is because the 100% renewable energy that Neom offers, its location is very unique. That is a very, very unique uh, environment location with steady sun, steady wind, plenty of uh, water. Uh, it is a very unique uh, environmental location in, in the world. And so I'd have to, I would have to definitely agree uh, with those three statements. All right. So I'm journalist Kelsey sitting in my apartment in Neom. What does my person-centric experience look like? Yeah. So if you think about coming to Neom from the, from the first time you, you decide that you want to come to Neom, there's really two core areas that we talk about when we talk about changing livability. The first is time. Right? When you think about everything in your apartment, wherever you want to go, it's all bounded by in the city, how much time you can get to one place to the other. And the second thing that we talk about is, is kind of urbanization. The third is, is conservation. But let's focus on this time element. So let's say you want to get on a plane and you want to come to Neom in the first place. First thing is, is we don't want you waiting in, in, in lines. We don't want to shorten lines. We want to eliminate them. So you're going to, from the time that you book that plane, the only time you're going to see your luggage is when it's, at you, when it's in your house. After that, it's picked up. You don't pick it up at the airport. You don't wait in line. We know which, where you're going to. It's going to go directly into that apartment, to your hotel room. The luggage will, will ultimately show up. And now let's say you're at, you're at the airport you're trying to get to the place. We don't want you waiting in line for a taxi. Again, we know who you are. We've authenticated you based on your walk, based on your gait, based on your facial recognition. We know who you are. So you're going to get on a taxi-powered drone. It's going to take you directly uh, to that uh, hotel. No need for you to check in. Why is that? Well, because again, we know who you are. We know the room that you're having. And so no need for you to fill around with lost keys and everything. No, we're going to have biometric, again, gate, uh, eye identification, facial recognition to allow you to go uh, into your room. And so really, and then when you talk about, let's take an experience um, in, in your apartment. So let's say today you want to know how to cook something. You want to learn about, and I'm going to cook a dish or whatever. So you would typically go to a very passive experience. You go to YouTube, you might look at a video and so be it. Well, when you're in your cognitive environment, one that uh, is, is built on Neom, the first thing is, is that we've analyzed and understood your preferences. And so we know what you like to eat. Maybe you're on a special diet or whatever, or whatever the case is. So we know the first off is that we're going to make sure that you have the things in your kitchen for you to want to cook with. Secondly, you'll have a robotic arm that will be able to assist you in exercising that cooking and to help you be able to execute that. And then what if you want to have a conversation with a chef? You want to be able to pull that in and help you to be able to actually answer questions as you're doing that cooking. So all of these things, again, are made possible, the timing of the chef, the availability, the food that you're going to use, all because we have a very good understanding from a cognitive standpoint of what it is you desire. So if you think about the biggest kind of experience you're going to have 
is fundamentally at Neom, knowing what you are going to do is actually more valuable than what you do. The power of prediction creates new and exciting possibilities. Okay, so sort of along those lines, from reading about you and seeing some of your public speaking, I feel like you're someone who really believes in meeting the customer or the citizen or the resident or whatever you want to call them, kind of where they're at. So with something like Neom, how do you come up with concepts when the residents don't even exist yet? Like, what is the research to know what people will want? What are you looking at to to determine that? Yeah, it's a really good question. So the beauty about being in um, Saudi and in the KSA is, is the first thing is, is that we have plenty of customers. I mean, when you think about even the customer of the future, you know, 70% of Saudi's residents are under the age of 35. So through outreach and partnerships, city of Riyadh, Jeddah, et cetera, uh, great, uh, great uh, partnership that we have with Kaus and other educational uh, areas around uh, uh, the greater GCC, we have built a pretty strong and proactive listening infrastructure. And so we have plenty of ways in which for us to actually engage and put out services and solutions to gain insight as to what is really important to uh, citizens, what's really important to enterprises, um, what's really important to professionals, what's really important to students. So our whole, um, our whole belief uh, really at, at Neom is all about moving decision-making as close as we can to the customer. And that means you don't study and analyze things on PowerPoint slides. You have to get out and rapidly produce and test to understand and see what does this mean. And so we have multiple avenues available uh, to us to begin Oh, those those testings and interacting uh, with future citizens and existing citizens of Neom. So that's really our our approach. It's a very formalized listening infrastructure that is really geared on. Let's get something out in the market. Let's test it. Let's learn from it and begin to improve as we go. Do you have an example of something that you're testing right now that you're getting immediate feedback on? One of the core elements that we have to build in Neom is this notion of moving from uh, trusting something to truth. So what I mean by that is, is at Neom, we have to be concerned with not only the fact that data is secure, but that data is right, that data is correct. And so one of the things that, because if you're, if you're going to draw these conclusions, you're going to make these predictions, you need to make sure that the data is accurate. And so one of the ways to, to do that is we've um, built an algorithm that we are testing right now in real time that looks at a basically a, a sensor or a device and looks at the device and says, let me look at over a thousand variables to determine if this device is actually real. Is it a real device? Is it meaning, is it truthful? Is it, ac- is it reporting accurate information and accurate data? And so we have those trials going on right now and we built this model to be able to determine and see, hey, as, as we change or as we introduce false data or errors, are we able to understand and make sure that the data that we are actually receiving is actually the, 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 the right data? Is it telling us what's truly happening? So that's one, that's just one example of how, of things, are, how things are going. Within Basecamp, within Neom, um, we, we're testing a variety of uh, alternative um, uh, vehicles in mobility, whether those are scooters or whether those are uh, autonomous vehicles. We're testing a variety of uh, transportation elements to begin to understand the patterns in transportation, what people like, how is COVID affecting our views on certain things. So the greatest thing about uh, Neom and, and being here, while we have 600 people living at base camp, is it is truly a microcosm of a great living lab for us to begin to test and implement a variety of things. 
All right, so say I want to talk to someone who lives in Neom. So you live in Neom right now, but and we're talking over a basic internet voice connection, but in Neom as it's imagined for the future. So how will Neom residents connect to the outside world, and how will the outside world connect to Neom? The way to think about this, one, you know, I would love to be able to say, you know, here is the future, or here is, you know, here is, I can tell you, and here's my crystal ball. But one of the things that I think is so powerful is that at Neom, what we really want to do is to provide the building blocks of capability and, and build an inclusive and diverse environment to allow people to innovate. Don't constrain that innovation, but open that innovation up. So when you think about like the best, the top job of the future hasn't been created yet. So if I project and I think about how will people interact and create and, and talk to another in, in Neom, well, first, I mean, they will use the same way that we use today in terms of being able to communicate via voice. But one thing that'll be different that we're working on, we're super excited about, is natural language processing. So which would be fundamentally transformational. That means I can speak in my language, my native language, you can speak in your native language, and we can understand each other. That will be truly transformational. So I think that's one element that we can really look forward to. I think remote presence types of technologies. That means technologies that allow me to be present, but remotely present. So whether that is holographic technology, which will definitely be advanced and be deployed um, throughout Neom, or whether that is um, me being able to basically take control of a synthetic-like, very humanistic uh, humanoid uh, and allow me to be able to talk normally. But this humanoid, this device, it changes its facial expressions based on the words that I'm enunciating, how I'm, ex- what, what, how I'm excited, am I sad? And so all of these various different ways to communicate, just a few that I come up with, I can't wait till we start giving the capabilities in the hands of Neomians and look out, man. I can't imagine how they're gonna be collaborating and communicating in the future. All right, so a humanoid that I can send as my proxy to future meetings, but every resident of Neom will also have a digital twin. Can you explain what that means and like what it will look like in terms of just daily life? Probably the best way to explain uh, a digital twin is like Dr. Neom. So if you give your permission, if you give your consent, um, a consent-based system, we will be able to basically think of making a model, a model of yourself digitally, uh, of how your body is reacting, how your body is behaving in the environment, health, potential health concerns that you may have. So we will have a basically a digital replica of yourself, right? And with that digital replica of yourself, we can begin to understand how your body reacts to certain stress. We can begin to predict certain health issues you may have in the future so that we can give you things you can do today and make those and make those recommendations and changes in your lifestyle. Again, being very, very proactive. So from a digital um, twin perspective for, for a normal citizen, that Dr. Neil being able to see a digital model of yourself is probably a, a very good proxy. When you think about it from a city planner perspective, it is hugely transformational. Um, the ability to be able to model the impacts of a new building or model the impacts of a new event in in, in to be able to project and predict how that will fundamentally shape things is tremendous. I mean, it's, 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 it's just, it's tremendous. And when you think about the power of being able to predict and mold and understand traffic patterns and flows, and then you start thinking about 
phenomenology and, and, and disease modeling. The ability to have a futuristic model built on real live inputs so the fusion of the physical world with the digital world to give you a replica of what is currently happening today and what will happen in the future is really the power behind digital twinning. So the plans for Neom and Align are as much about technology and sustainable development as they are about Saudi Arabia's economic transformation away from fossil fuels. How will this project be cheaper than traditional cities? When you think about the value of, of Neom, one of the key areas you're talking about is conservation, redefining what conservation means. And so if you think about all the experience I talked about, all the experiences they fundamentally rely upon three core capabilities. The ability to connect something, the ability to compute, that means to, to do calculations, and the ability to contextualize, I mean, artificial intelligence, the ability to understand. They all require what? Power. They all require energy. And the one thing at Neom that sets it apart from any place in the world is that it will be powered by 100% renewable energy. That is huge. And when you look at energy consumption and the cost of energy, as you compare it to operating a city or you compare it to operating in various industries, I mean, you're, you're talking anywhere from a 20% to a 50% reduction in energy costs. Hugely transformational about what you can do and how you can do it. And that's because of, of the unique characteristics uh, with, with uh, Neom's environment in terms of solar in terms of wind and ultimately in terms of water with hydrogen. And so that's really what fundamentally uh, draws and makes the advantage uh, from a cost standpoint uh, is this really 100% renewable energy. The second area, which is tremendously important, and you know, you talk about the cost of innovation, it's about time. So we talk about in Neom that whether you can walk to any location, mainly within five minutes, you can get from end to end in the 170 kilometers within 20 minutes. What does that mean? That means the less friction you put with someone being able to collaborate and reach out to someone, the lower your cost of innovation. And so if you can reduce the friction it takes for me to communicate and collaborate with someone, that means the level of innovation and the value of innovation will increase exponentially. So those are the major areas where I would say that that Neom experience is really a value advantage. Not so much a cost advantage, but I'd say a value advantage over most cities. All right. When you think about cost of innovation, that makes me wonder who you're hoping to attract to live in Neom. Yeah. You know, I think that the beauty um, about Neom is the fact that we are looking for open and inclusive thinkers, right? Um, it's not about having just technologists. It's not just about uh, about having philosophers. It is about a place where you come to be the best of you. That's what Neom is about, right? And so, you know, the people that we're going to attract are people that obviously care a lot about the environment. These are people that are have a high, high sense of curiosity. They're, these are people that wake up in the morning and they, they don't worry about what they don't know but they challenge each and every day what they believe to fundamentally be true. That is kind of, I think, the, the crux on the core of what it means to be a Neomian and, and, and who uh, I think we will, we will ultimately attract. But without a doubt, 
uh, it has been an extremely diverse environment because I can look at the employees that we've attracted and employees I get to work with each and every day. And um, it's just an amazing experience. So I think a lot about how people envision and execute on things that have never actually been done before. What tools do you use as somebody who is actually doing that right now to like kind of keep yourself tethered to the reality of the situation and to like not drive yourself crazy over what is and isn't possible? Yeah, it's a great question. So I think fundamentally, all too often, when you're faced with something like this, you immediately go to the answer. When you're living in the world where things are unknown, value isn't in figuring out what the right answer is. Value is in understanding what question you should ask. And we spend a lot of time on ensuring that we are fundamentally asking the right questions. And once we ask the right questions, then we, again, we don't start with what we don't know, but we start at the core basis of what it is that we believe to be true. And we begin to challenge those assumptions. And as we challenge those assumptions, we then will begin to see and begin to challenge and move the possible, move and scope that are possible. That's fundamentally the approach that we take. I think that in order to be successful in that environment, you have to really understand the difference between diversity and inclusion. So most folks, they start with, hey, we have to have a diverse environment, meaning that you have an environment with diversity of views, diversity of gender, diversity of culture, and that's okay. But diversity is only the potential to create value. Inclusion is the realization of that value by driving full participation. That is what I focus on and I have everyone on my team focus on in the organization, because that means that we own the ability to make sure that we are extracting the knowledge of our fellow employees and partners. We're not passively doing that. We're actively taking that on. So if you're invited to a meeting, you're invited to a room, we want to hear what it is you have to say. And so maybe you're uncomfortable with talking about that topic in front of the peer group. That's okay. I'm going to ping you and, and send you an instant message. Are you comfortable in that way? Or you know what? Fine. Then I'm going to do a polling. I'm going to, I'm going to during the meeting, I'm going to do an anonymous poll to make sure that I'm getting everyone's points of views. The point is, if you want to create value and you want to build around a world that is uncertain, you have to move yourself from just being and building around diversity to really focusing on rising and improving level of inclusion so that you can create and extract that full value. That was Neom's Joseph Bradley talking to Kelsey. What I find overall about this is that whatever you may think of the, the ultimate result of, of what they're doing at Neon, it sets a benchmark for urban city planning now, not just in the region, but globally. So really everything will now be compared to what's being done or what is intended to be done in Saudi Arabia. Absolutely. In talking to urban planners about these plans, uh, it was described to me as the living laboratory that every urban planner around the world will be looking to, to understand the high watermark of, you know, sustainable living, tech-driven living, uh, the idea that it is a greenfield project, it doesn't bump up against any pre-existing structures, it has no legacy infrastructure, is a really interesting concept to a lot of urban planners who are, you know, always bucking up against that which already exists. 
So it's fascinating to think about something that, you know, doesn't exist. Kelsey Warner, thanks so much. Good to be here. Thank you. That's it for today. If you've enjoyed the show, please do leave a review or subscribe. All that remains to thank our production team, Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan, and all of you for listening. Do join us again next time.